Welcome to Living Hope Podcasts. If you want to learn more about Living Hope and our ministries, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca. We hope you appreciate today's message. I invite you at this time to open up your Bibles uh, to Luke chapter 1, verse 46. You'll find that on page 1589. Today we're continuing in our Advent series. Uh, so this Advent we're looking at where our true hope is, and today we're going to be looking at that through Mary's song that she sings after. So this is just after she finds out or hears the news from uh, the angel that she will give birth to the, the Savior. And the song that she sings has some real interesting tones to it. It's a, it's a, a turning of things that's going to be happening. And we're introduced to this, this way that the kingdom uh, will set all things right in the Gospel of Luke, uh, not through Jesus, uh, but we find it out through Jesus' mother. Uh, so pay attention to the words and, and how they're presented here. Um, the Oh, the, the image that I have here, that just came up on the PowerPoint kind of suggested thing with Advent, so it doesn't really have anything to do uh, with the message, but I thought it was fun. Um, after the scripture reading, I will say the word of the Lord, and to that, I invite you to respond, thanks be to God, uh, because uh, this is something that we do to remember that our readings here is truly God's word for us. Uh, that there is something significant that God can speak to us when God's word is opened. Starting at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me, Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud with their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but he lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent away the rich empty. And he has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months and then returned home. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This uh, song that Mary sings here is something that has motivated all sorts of things throughout history. Uh, perhaps one of the most unusual is called the Feast of Fools. Um, this is something that began, uh, depending on where you look, in the 9th century or the 12th and 13th centuries. Usually it was most popular in France. Uh, you might have come across the Feast of Fools if you watched the um, Disney cartoon, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Um, there's this song near the beginning where they sing topsy-turvy, and there's this jester that comes out and sings this song about how everything in society is being flipped upside down. 
Uh, The weak is strong, the ugly is beautiful, the vulnerable are in seats of power for the day. And that song is reflecting something that happened in history. People and towns would actually do this. They would enact this flipping over that you read about in Mary's song here. Uh, You hear stories of towns electing beggars to be the the bishop for the day, to be the person who's in charge. Uh, You'll also find stories of uh, sacred places being profaned, people playing dice on the altar. Uh, In the place of incense, they would burn things that had a foul odor, odor to them. They sang obscene songs instead of hymns. On this day, people would dress up as animals, and uh, men would dress up in women's clothes. They went through great lengths to say, today, everything is flipped up on its head. Now, this was a way of exposing kind of the silliness that sometimes lurks in our society, where we revere traditions and positions of power so much that they become sacred themselves, and not because of what they point towards. It, it was a festival that mocked human pretension, the, the weight that we can put on different conventions and, and traditions. Uh, in some monasteries, they would practice this simply by uh, wearing their vestments, their, their robes inside out, and they would take books and they would um, hold them upside down and they would chant gibberish instead of their regular chants. And they would do this, they were, there was kind of a competition of of being silly there, Um, but they would do it as a way of preparing for Christmas. Uh, They they didn't simply look at it um, in in theological terms, uh, but they would practice these things as a way of preparing themselves for the way of the one who turns things and flips them upside down. Mary's words prompted the Feast of Fools because she promotes what it does in a way. It's this great overturning of things. And she doesn't just promote it um, with words. Like it, it, it has actually begun in her what she is talking about. In her, salvation is in embryo. The word is becoming flesh. God is doing something new in her. Uh, the song that we find here is truly an Advent song. It is a song also of revolution. It's one of the most radical Advent songs you can find. Uh, For this reason, it's actually banned. Um, It's been banned in the 20th century in three different cases in different countries, um, in India, Guatemala, and in Argentina. Um, All of these spaces realized and recognized how politically subversive these words can be, how dangerous these words can be as they speak against the powers that abuse their power. Now, when we read this, we recognize that Mary is on the side of the poor and the weak and the humble. When she speaks of filling the hungry with food, you can see her identifying herself with the hungry. And when you, say, when you see the words of the rich being sent away empty and the scattering of the proud, it represents the people who have profited from 
taking advantage of the poor. So when we look at this, we're not meant to picture Mary as this kind of upper-class young woman with a pen and quill in hand, uh, up in her attic, kind of writing this grand hymn. This song is meant to be read from the perspective of a girl who sings defiantly to her God through her tears, fists clenched against an unknown future. We need to remember this in the context of the song, that Mary here is bringing a courageous song of praise. It's composed by one who knows the nitty-gritty nature of life, who knows what it's like to feel down and out. Yet she writes these words, words that the powerful are afraid when they hear them sung. Notice uh, that the words in this song that we read, um, they're they're not just about the saving of the soul. Uh, Luke chooses to open up his gospel in this first chapter with a message of what the Savior will bring, and it's about a whole new order, a whole new way of doing things in the world. She's calling for a renewed creation These are words made for people experiencing pain at any level, whether it's political or economic or social. This is words that are meant to bring hope for anyone who is in need. Um, Elizabeth Johnson claims this, that this is hope for all people. In her list, she says, it is the battered woman, the single parent without resources, those without food on the table or without even a table, the homeless family, the young abandoned to their own devices, the old who are discarded. All are encompassed in the hope that Mary proclaims. This song was meant to give hope for all. It is about more than that, though. It is giving hope for all who are in pain, but it's also about the bringing down of the tyrants, of the people who are in charge, the rich and the wealthy who have benefited off of their injustices or simply had refused to share their resources. It's the bringing down of the rulers that take advantage of their citizens. Uh, There's a reason why when in in the 1980s in Argentina where uh, the government was was taking the children uh, from people's uh, families, why the women and the mothers chose this song to march into the Capitol Square with uh, chanting the words of the song and having it on uh, their posters. And that was why it was banned in Argentina. Uh, there's a reason, or, and that wasn't the first time that uh, in the 20th century that this song had been used in a very political context. Um, earlier, a number of decades earlier, it was said that Gandhi had requested that this song be raised as the British flag was being lowered on the final day of British rule in India. Uh, a non-Christian perspective still saw the power that was in this song, especially noting kind of that subversive irony of who was being put down and who was being lifted up in that context. 
The song is a challenge here to the rulers and the ones in charge that they are to watch out. Uh, God's reckoning is coming. God, the one who saves, will remember his people in mercy. But for the unjust rulers who thought they'd get away with it, they have another thing coming. They will be brought down a few notches when this promised one grows up. Whatever the expectations were for this baby, this one that Mary is expecting, it's not just a change of heart or that he will be a good teacher, but this person is going to take this upside-down world and flip it right side up. He will flip things around and there will be a healing. The whole social order will be renewed. And, and that is Mary's hope here. Mary's hope runs deep into the fabric of all of society. And a song this powerful then, uh, we, we might wonder why it's not sung as often in our own context. Uh, looking in the North American context, uh, we can see that people have done different statistics and find that it just really doesn't come up that much in our worship. And if it does, it's usually the first part of the song. My, my soul glorifies the Lord. Uh, we use it in the praise context, but not the context that it leads towards, the reason for the praise of God turning everything around. This is a song that belongs in Advent. It's the joyful proclamation that God is on his way. And you can almost hear it in the song, this, this come Lord Jesus, set things right. Uh, Mary speaks with, with the power and, and the authority of an Old Testament prophet. Uh, you can see uh, the, the words here mirroring Hannah's words from 1 Samuel chapter 2. And she spins them around. Uh, she spins them into something new. Mary's song has none of the sweet, nostalgic, playful tones of Christmas carols. Instead, it is a hard and strong song of the crashing down of thrones. Uh, that observation that I just made, is it not my own? That, that comes from Diedrich Bonhoeffer about, um, he's someone that lived over 90 years ago when he wrote that. Uh, Bonhoeffer was complaining about the nostalgic Christmas carols that can be in, in contrast to the deep themes that we actually find when we look at Scripture. It seems that we will always have this tendency towards the nostalgic rather than cultivating for this longing that's embedded within Advent. Uh, this trend is nothing new. When we look at how Mary anticipates the Savior, and Mary anticipates Jesus, we find that she's actually quite accurate. Jesus' arrival is a source of great joy for those who are down and out because he scatters the proud and feeds the hungry. He, he lifts up the humble and brings down those who are proud. If you follow Luke, uh, so this is in the introduction of Luke. Luke is setting something up for the story of who Jesus is and what Jesus does. Jesus is the one who constantly is pushing back against the elite of his day, the people who have neglected their practices of caring for the poor. He is pointing out their inconsistencies and their need to serve others. 
At the same time, Jesus is the one whose very ministry is involved with the, it's, it's defined by the lifting up of the humble. In the very beginning of Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 4, so just a couple of chapters after this, comes a reading from Isaiah chapter 4, where Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news for the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom to prisoners and recovery of sight to the blind, to release the oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Uh, that's how Jesus um, announces his kingdom. That's how he announces the beginning of his ministry. It was doing these very tangible things. He aligns himself as the one who brings good news to the poor, and it's good news because he will be bringing this whole new order of things where the systems that have exploited the poor and have kept the poor down will be toppled. He speaks of freedom to the prisoners and bringing sight to the blind, releasing the oppressed. Jesus, too, it seems, was about announcing the kingdom that lines up with Mary's song. Think back to the Feast of Fools. Uh, of course, this, this would get out of hand sometimes, and the religious elite would try to uh, squash it. Um, but the, the people weren't just being silly for the sake of being silly. They were remembering that the positions that they looked forward to, the hierarchies that they created, were all too often simply coming out of human-made priorities. We turn roles into status symbols, getting our value off the positions that we have. Uh, it reminds me of, of a time where James and John, um, so just a few pages before our passage in Mark chapter 10, James and John come to Jesus and they ask to be seated at the left and right hand of Jesus in heaven. And Jesus responds to them saying that they... They don't know what they're asking, and the disciples hear about this, and it causes some commotion amongst them. And then Jesus gathers the disciples, and he has this to say. He says, whoever wants to become great amongst you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. Uh, the, the disciples are, are jostling for position. They want to be the one who is higher than the next, but they don't know what real power looks like, what it actually costs for the people. Jesus goes so far to speak of himself, and he says that he did not come to be served, but to serve, to give his life, his very life as a ransom for many. In the Gospel of Mark, this happens right before Jesus' um, triumphant entry, right before he comes into Jerusalem for that last time before the crucifixion. Uh, this, this great reversal that Mary spoke of uh, perhaps goes well beyond what Mary had in mind. The almighty God emptying himself and becoming human to be with us suffering and dying on the cross. This is the way that the, uh, of the upside-down kingdom ushered in Jesus' defeat on the cross and in 
um, new life through his resurrection. It frees us from the penalty of sin, and we are drawn to that same new resurrection life. Uh, Through this, through Jesus, the lowly are brought up. We are lifted up as the humble. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, somehow we share in that resurrection life. Um, But this is not simply just to, to spiritualize things. It goes deeper than that. For this is a change that's something that, that overturns the world. It's called to bring out people who bring social change, helping those who are poor and those who are down and out. Uh, the song that Mary sings about brings the transformation for all. And as those who have been offered salvation, we are invited to be people of the same kingdom. As I mentioned before, this is happening in the Gospel of Luke. And Luke wrote more than just the Gospel of Luke. He wrote more words in the New Testament than anyone else, basically as much as Paul had done, uh, because the books of Luke and Acts are quite long. And most people or scholars that study Luke say that Luke and Acts were meant to be read as one big unit. It all relates to each other. So looking at that beginning of Luke and how Luke gives his introduction of what the kingdom that they're anticipating is, that actually continues on through the church, through the people of God. They were to live into the same values of that kingdom. And Luke goes on to talk about that community. And they're a community that shares what they have in common with one another, They ate meals together regardless of class divisions, whether they were Jew or Gentile. They organized leaders to to administrate justice just to make sure that things were being distributed fairly. They were people in a community who practiced a radical hospitality that was at odds with what you found in Rome in that time. It made no sense the generosity that they would give to the weak and the outcast. Uh, There's a famous story uh, that comes from one of the plagues in uh, the fourth, third and fourth centuries in Rome. It was called the Cyprian Plague, um, not because Cyprian had caused it, uh, but because he was a bishop at that time. And he was constantly encouraging the church to act in ways that were sacrificial, to care for those who were sick, in contrast to those who were simply fleeing. Christians lived in that time in such a contrast way that their emperor, um, in reflecting on how the plague had impacted them, talked about the Christians like this. That the Christians not only care for their own poor, but for ours as well. While those who belong to us look in vain, for the help that we should render them. The, the emperor there couldn't figure it out. Why, why were these Christians, these, this poor band of people, do, taking better care of the poor and the vulnerable than they could offer? This kind of living was the type of living that was the sign of the kingdom. It was a way that signals that they had grasped that true hope 
that lies at the foundation of all things, a hope that enabled them to envision a world that was right side up, where the poor and the sick and the vulnerable were worth sacrificing for, were worth caring for. So what does that look like for us? What does the knowledge of what God has done in the world How does that change how we engage with it? Do we see that same thing of salvation in embryo, that sign of new life, the birthing of new creation still being possible and still happening in our midst? How might we enter into that hope? Uh, Could it be in caring for those who have been impacted by the flooding, and not just in the first few weeks, but having a long-term outlook in how we can be supporting and helping? Or could it be in generosity towards organizations like World Renew that, that seek to provide extra support for people around the world, the people who are hungry and those who uh, need empowerment to get out of their poverty? Or maybe it can be in very practical ways Uh, It could be a reconnecting with people, uh, maybe in your family, that you've uh, been disconnected with um, during this Christmas season. Uh, Maybe it means inviting someone new to a Christmas dinner, um, having eyes open to those who might be feeling lonely in this season. Or maybe we need something like a feast of fools of sorts, to remind us that our status or procedures or or traditions that we have can sometimes get in the way of seeing how God might be calling us or how God may be already working in us. Or lastly, maybe you feel a bit like Mary, in which case you are encouraged to join in the song that Mary sings, the song of Mary's hope where you can call out to God to bring your salvation that God has promised and to sing it joyfully, knowing that God's work of salvation has already started. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for the way that you flip things around, that rather than leave us in this upside-down world where injustices prevail and the humble are pressed down, you listen and you bring your salvation. Help us to see the tenacity of Mary, her fierce words that have the power to spark revolution. May we resist the sanitizing them and muting them, but hold out our hope for a complete renewal of all creation. And when we think that it is up to us that we are the ones doing it, may we proclaim with Mary that you are the one doing it, saying with her, the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you are encouraged and challenged in the message and through the work of the Spirit. Once again, if you want to learn more about Living Hope, you can find us online at livinghopecrc.ca.